J.C. Ryle's Devotional Thoughts on the Gospel of Luke Section 49 A Sick Woman Healed Luke chapter 8 verses 41 through 48 And behold, there came a man named Jairus, and he was a ruler of the synagogue. And he fell down at Jesus' feet, and besought him that he would come into his house. For he had only one daughter, about twelve years of age, and she lay a-dying. But as he went, the people thronged him. And a woman, having an issue of blood twelve years, which had spent all her living upon physicians, neither could be healed of any, came behind him and touched the border of his garment. And immediately her issue of blood staunched. And Jesus said, Who touched me? When all denied, Peter and they that were with him said, Master, the multitude throng thee and press thee, and sayest thou, Who touched me? And Jesus said, Somebody hath touched me, for I perceived that virtue is gone out of me. And when the woman saw that she was not hid, she came trembling, and falling down before him, she declared unto him before all the people for what cause she had touched him, and how she was healed immediately. And he said unto her, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace. much misery and trouble sin has brought into the world. The passage we've just read affords a melancholy proof of this. First we see a distressed father in bitter anxiety about a dying daughter. Then we see a suffering woman who has been afflicted twelve years with an incurable disease. And these are things which sin has sown and broadcast over the whole earth. These are but examples of what is going on continually on every side. These are evils which God did not create at the beginning, but man has brought upon himself by the fall. There would have been no sorrow and no sickness among Adam's children if there had been no sin. Let us see in the case of the woman here described a striking picture of the condition of many souls. We're told that she had been afflicted with a wearing disease for twelve years and that she'd spent all that she had upon physicians and that she could not be healed by any of them. The state of many a sinner's heart is placed before us in this description as in a mirror. Perhaps it describes ourselves. There are men and women in most congregations who felt their sins deeply and been sorely afflicted by the thought that they're not forgiven and not fit to die. They have desired relief and peace of conscience but have not known where to find them. They have tried many false remedies and found themselves nothing better but rather worse. They've gone the round of all the forms of religion and wearied themselves with every imaginable man-made device for obtaining spiritual health. But all has been in vain. Peace of conscience seems as far off as ever. The wound within is a fretting, intractable sore which nothing can heal. 
they are still wretched, still unhappy, still thoroughly discontented with their own state. In short, like the woman of whom we read today, they are ready to say, there is no hope for me, I shall never be saved. Let all such take comfort in the miracle which we are now considering. Let them know that there is a balm in Gilead which can cure them, if they will only seek it. There is one door at which they have never knocked in all their efforts to obtain relief. There is one physician to whom they have not applied who never fails to heal. Let them consider the conduct of the woman before us in her necessity. When all other means had failed, she went to Jesus for help. Let them go and do likewise. Let us see secondly, in the conduct of the woman before us, a striking picture of the first beginnings of saving faith and its effect. We're told that she came behind our Lord and touched the hem of his garment, and immediately her bleeding stopped. The act appeared a most simple one and utterly inadequate to produce any great result. But the effect of that act was most marvelous. In an instant, the poor sufferer was healed. The relief that many physicians had failed to give in twelve years was obtained in one moment. It was but one touch, and she was made well. It's hard to conceive a more lively image of the experience of many souls than the history of this woman's cure. Hundreds could testify that, like her, they long sought spiritual help from physicians of no value and wearied their souls by using remedies which brought no cure. At last, like her, they heard of one who healed laboring consciences and forgave sinners without money and without price, if men would only come to him by faith. The terms sounded too good to be credible. The tidings sounded too good to be true. But, like the woman before us, they resolved to try. They came to Christ by faith with all their sins and, to their amazement, at once found relief. And now they feel more comfort and hope than they ever felt before. The burden was rolled off their backs. The weight was taken off their minds. Light was breaking in on their hearts. They began to rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Romans chapter 5, verse 2. And all, they would tell us, is owing to one simple thing. They came to Jesus just as they were, with all their sins. They touched him by faith and were healed. Forever let it be engraved on our hearts that faith in Christ is the grand secret of peace with God. Without it, we shall never find inward rest, whatever else we may do in religion. Without it, we may go to religious services daily and receive the Lord's Supper every week. We may give our goods to the poor and our bodies to be burned. We may fast and wear sackcloth and live the lives of hermits. All this we may do, and be miserable after all. One true believing touch of Christ is of more worth than all these things put together. The pride of human nature may not like it, but it is true. Thousands will rise up at the last day and testify that they never felt comfort of soul 
until they came to Christ by faith and were content to cease from their own works and be saved wholly and entirely by His grace. Let us see lastly in this passage how much our Lord desires that those who have received benefit from Him should confess Him before men. We're told that he did not allow this woman, whose case we have been reading, to retire from the crowd unnoticed. He inquired who had touched him. He inquired again until the woman came forward and declared her case before all the people. And then came the gracious words, Daughter, be of good comfort. Your faith has made you whole. Confession of Christ is a matter of great importance. Let this never be forgotten by true Christians. The work that we can do for our blessed Master is little and poor. Our best endeavors to glorify Him are weak and full of imperfections. Our prayers and praises are sadly defective. Our knowledge and love are miserably small. But do we feel within that Christ has healed our souls? Can, can we not confess Christ before men? Can we not plainly tell others that Christ has done everything for us? Can we not tell others that we were dying of a deadly disease and were cured? Can we not tell others that we were lost and are now found, that we were blind and now see? Let us do this boldly and not be afraid. Let us not be ashamed to let all men know what Jesus has done for our souls. Our Master loves to see us so doing. He likes His people not to be ashamed of His name. It is a solemn saying of Paul, If you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you shall be saved. Romans chapter 10, verse 9. It is a still more solemn saying of Christ Himself, Whoever shall be ashamed of me and my words, of him shall the Son of Man be ashamed. Luke chapter 9 verse 26.